And this is, if we could call it, one of the great secrets of prayer. And that is cultivating a great relationship with God. Because according to your relationship with God, that's going to determine the effectiveness of your prayer. Our scripture reading this evening is found in two places. Chapter 1 and chapter 2. And so in chapter 1, we'll read verses 10 and 11. And then in chapter 2, we're going to read the first 10 verses. And then we'll let you sit down. So if you're at home, can you stand up with us, please? And read together with us these verses. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Folks, let's read out loud now together. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord, mine horn is exalted in the Lord, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and he hath set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Well, tonight we're talking about prayer. And we began this little mini-series last Wednesday under the title, Let's Learn How to Pray. And so we're going to continue that tonight. Now, some people, they sort of have the idea that prayer is something like gambling. Have you ever gone into the mall and seen people stand at those little uh, booths where they buy the, the scratch-and-lose tickets, you know, and you see them? Have you ever watched them? 
and they furiously scratch away and oh, they throw that in the garbage. And they take the next one because they've bought a whole number of these. Right? They buy them for a buck each or whatever it is. And they're scratching away and they throw that one out. And they scratch away, they throw that one out. And they scratch one and oh, they want a dollar. So they set that aside. And there are people out there that are looking for a surefire win, like a system, whereby when they play the lotto or they go to Vegas or they go to the racetrack or something, when they put money down, they're going to win. They're looking for a system whereby they can win. And sometimes people have the idea that prayer is something like that. If only I could figure out the system, you know, the formula, so that, you know, when I put in my 50 cents, bang, I get answers to prayer, and all of a sudden, all of these things start going my way. Well, we have news for folks who have those views, and the news is, God is not a machine. God is a person. He's not some kind of system that you can jerry-rig or, or figure out a surefire way. Prayer is not meant, really, just so that you can race in and grab a few things from God and race out. That's not really the idea behind prayer. Now, we've read about Hannah, and we read in chapter 1 a prayer that Hannah made, and we read in chapter 2 another prayer that Hannah made, and in between she gave birth to a baby boy. And this was a great, a great thing. Now, Hannah certainly cultivated a close relationship with God so that she was able to ask him for something great, and God gave it to her. And this is, if we could call it, one of the great secrets of prayer. And that is cultivating a great relationship with God. Because according to your relationship with God, that's going to determine the effectiveness of your prayer your prayer is going to sort of be uh, an indicator of your relationship with God. Um, I hope I'm saying this right, but I do know that all the great men and women of prayer in the Bible and down through the years of earth's history, they've all believed more in a personal relationship with Almighty God rather than some quick formula to pray and get, get what it is what you want. And so consequently for them, prayer is more like a visit with their Heavenly Father or a visit with you know, the King of Kings. And so this is what we want to learn when we learn how to pray. So before we go any further, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll continue with the subject tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a great, wonderful God. We thank you that you're right here with us, here in this auditorium, and with each one who's watching this broadcast. Thank you that nothing escapes your eyes. Thank you that we can have a relationship. We can have a great relationship with you, dear Lord. There's so many in the world today, and they're part of various religions and all they know is to memorize prayers and chant them and they think that you're some God that's unconnected and way out there in the cosmos when in reality you're very much part of your creation and you are looking to have a close intimate relationship with people here on earth. 
We are your, your creation. You're the creator. We're the, the work of your hands, of your fingers. You breathed life into us. And it's wonderful to know that you love us. And so help us, dear Heavenly Father, as we continue on in our little study on learning how to pray, that we learn about this relationship aspect of it and impress upon us the importance of it and help every one of us to learn to cultivate a greater relationship with you. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Well, very quickly, let's, um, let's do a, just a real fast little review of last week. Now, if somehow you missed last week's message, and folks online, if you missed the first part of Let's Learn How to Pray, you need to watch that afterwards, and you need to get the full benefit of this. But we said three things in um, the message last Sunday. And the first thing was make sure you're on praying ground. So you have to be born again. You have to be saved. Uh, if you're watching online and you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure you know how, if you were to go to our website um, or if you were to go to um, GodAnswersPrayer.ca, you can watch a little video there on how you can know the Lord as your, your Savior. They'll give you some information there. Or you can contact our office. We'd be happy to help you to know how to be saved. And so that's the first, first step is make sure you're born again. Make sure you're saved. Now, the next thing we said was get fixed anything that's broken. Anything that's broken, get it fixed. If there's some sin in your life, if there's something that's kind of breaking your relationship with God, make sure you get it fixed. Very important. And number three is you need to allow time. In your prayer, you need to allow time for the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to comfort you. So this idea of rushing in, saying, oh man, I only, I only got four minutes. Ah, wow, I better read, read a few verses of Scripture. I got to race into the prayer closet and you know, say my prayers and get out and get on the bus and get to work or school or something. Uh, this is not how it's done. It's not done this way at all. God is looking for a relationship. Now, in the world today, there are, there are many broken families. There's a lot of them. You know that. And um, divorce and remarriage and divorce and remarriage and blended families, that's getting more normal now than having just um, one marriage, you know, one family. That's becoming unusual in today's world. And so... The, the blended families. And then, then you have uh, cases where um, mom and dad are divorced and dad only gets to see the kids on you know, every second weekend. You know, things like that, right? So uh, every second weekend, he's looking forward to seeing the kids. The car pulls up. You know, mom stays in the car. The doors open. The, the two kids race up the, 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 the walkway. And there's dad, and he's opening the door, and he says, kids, how are you? And the kids race by dad, say, fine, dad, good, dad. And they race right past him. They run into the kitchen, open up the refrigerator, grab something to eat, 
Then they run into the family room, grab the, the video games, and they sit there. And there's dad. What just happened? He was there, this special opportunity. He gets to see his kids, and his kids run right past him. After they finish playing video games, dad is saying, well, what should we do? Well, they say, I don't know about you, but we want to go to the park. And out they go. Bye, dad. We'll be back. And there's dad left all alone. The end of the day, he's waiting to to see them. He knows the car is going to pull up soon. Sure enough, here they come. You're back. Yeah, hi, dad. Bye, dad. They go right past him, out the door, hop in the car, and they're gone. And unfortunately, that's what we do to our Heavenly Father sometimes. Or at least it must feel like that for Him. We race in, we race out. We're on a schedule here. We don't have much time. The whole idea is to cultivate a relationship with Almighty God. That's what it, where it's at. Now, in any relationship, both parties need to communicate. That makes sense, right? Hello? i got to turn up my volume here. Okay? Yes? Both parties need to communicate, correct? Yeah. You can just nod at me. I know the masks are, are hard. I can't see if you're smiling or frowning or sticking your tongue out at me. I, I can't see that at all. But uh, you just nod. In any relationship, you have to have communication. Both parties need to communicate. If one person is doing all the communicating and the other person is just, you know like a stone wall, you don't have a relationship, right? Sadly, in some relationships, that's what it turns into, where maybe uh, he's not talking to her, she's not talking to him, and they're like two strangers under one roof. That's very sad, but that's also very common today. But in a relationship, you need communication for both in order to have a meaningful, a meaningful relationship. Now, some people are in um, a coma. Others are in a vegetative state and they're not able to respond. And so you may go into the room, they're alive, their eyes are open, they're breathing, their heart's pumping, but they, they're not even aware that you're there. They're looking, but they don't even see you. They don't even hear you. You could stand there and talk to them and they won't respond because they can't. It's very hard. And there are examples of that, cases of that, all over the world where that's happening. And that's very sad, isn't it? But you have to have communication from both parties in order to have relationship. And it's the very same with God. We have to have communication coming and going. We need to communicate, God needs to communicate, and then we can have relationship. We're talking about building relationship and the, the vital importance of this in prayer, if we're ever going to learn how to pray. Now, it's important that we understand God is not deaf. He is not deaf. There are many people in the world today that are 100% deaf, 50% deaf, 10% deaf. Huh? What did you say? There are people in the world that don't have their full hearing, but not God. In Psalm 94.9, It says, he that planted the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? We don't have to yell and scream at God because he hears the faintest whisper of our hearts. 
So this is important. Sometimes the devil tells us that God is too busy and he's not listening and you have to yell louder. It doesn't work that way. And by the way, also while we're on this point, we need to maintain a good, respectful attitude toward God in our relationship. If you want to have a good relationship with anyone on earth that you think is important to you, you need to have a proper attitude. You can't be calling them names. You can't be abusive with them. You can't be screaming at them if you want to have a a good relationship. Likewise, you wouldn't want them screaming at you and calling you names and putting you down and demanding things. You wouldn't want that at all. No, Nobody does. And God certainly doesn't. So we need to maintain a, a proper attitude toward God. We must not disrespect God nor accuse Him of being unkind. Now, we read about Hannah. And we read her prayers that she made. And Hannah, she was being driven to despair by another woman because Hannah wasn't able to conceive children. And so she brought her need to God in chapter 1. And God... And she, by the way, she, wasn't, she didn't accuse God. She wasn't bad-mouthing God. She wasn't screaming and yelling at Him. Um, and in her prayer, her next prayer, I should say, in chapter 2, we can really see that Hannah had a heart of gold. Hannah had cultivated a relationship with God, and that's very clear in chapter 2, 1 to 10, her second prayer. And so what we want, what we want is to cultivate a beautiful relationship with God, and it cannot be done if all we're going to do is spend two or three minutes with God uh, in the morning. You can't do that. You have to spend time with people. When a young man, a young woman sort of fancy each other, you know, it's like magnetism, right? And they, they want to spend time with each other. And they'll spend long time on the phone. They'll spend long time, you know, uh, talking uh, together, uh, maybe in a restaurant or something. And what they're doing is they're, they're building and developing a relationship. And it's the very same principle with God. It requires an investment of time. If you're not willing or wanting to invest some time into your walk with God, your relationship with God, then your prayers, your prayers are going to be very ineffective. You're not going to be able to pray for great things and see it happen. Well, how do we do all this? Well, first, remember I said that both parties need to communicate. And so first we let God do the speaking. You say, but how do, how do we let God do the speaking when we can't hear him? Uh, I've, I've asked him, God, can you hear me? You want to tell me? Are you here? Uh, if you don't want to talk to me, maybe you could lift that chair off the floor and let me know you're here. You know, prayers like that are pretty silly, really, because God is everywhere. And we need to let God do the speaking. How do we do that? Through the Bible. That's why we need to hear from God. We need to listen to God. And so we look to the Bible. Now, when we look to the Bible, there are three things that we need to be listening for. The first thing, we need to learn things about God. What He's like, what He doesn't like, what He does like, what pleases Him, what displeases Him. So we need to learn things about God and also about His power and His being. Secondly, 
we need to look for things that apply to us. His will for our lives. This is very important. Um, Number three is we need to look for the great and precious promises that He makes us. Because it's those promises that will allow you to pray for great things. If you don't know the promises of God, then you have nothing to stand upon. You have no place to put your faith when you start asking God for great things. So you need to be looking for those three things. And so I suggest to you that if, you, if you're looking, you're going to find it. You know, seek and ye shall find. Um, within 10 or 15 minutes of Bible reading, you ought to be able to find at least one of those three things. You say, but where do I start reading in the Bible? Well, if you really don't know where to start, start in the book of Psalms. You can start there. That's a very good place to start. But uh, you can start at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and start reading your way through uh, the whole Bible and you will find those three things if you're looking for them. If all you're looking to do is just read your chapter for the day, you know, oh, there's some hard words. I'll just skip over those. And I'm not sure what this is talking about. Next verse. Okay, okay, okay. All right, done. Got my chapter in. You haven't found anything. So you have to look for those three things. Things about God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You need to look for things that apply to your life. God's will for your life. You need to look for His great and precious promises. You do this and within 15 minutes, you'll be hearing God speak. It's His still small voice to your heart. And if He he says to you, now here's something that you need to do and you're reading it right in His Word, maybe you ought to write that down. When you feel the Lord is impressing you with something, you can write it down. You can always check things out later, get another opinion, get some counsel if need be, but at least you've got something. And so this is how God speaks to us. Now, the next part in the relationship is we speak to God. So God has spoken to us. Now we speak to to him. It's our turn. And this is where we start to express ourselves before God. Now tonight I'm going to give you six suggestions on expressing yourself to God. Six suggestions and I suggest you write them down. It's only a suggestion. Maybe you've got a photographic memory but I find I need to write things down. Now, I'm going to give you these six in a certain order, but I'm going to tell you right now, there is no order. There is no perfect order. You can use these six or any portion thereof any way you want. They're all good. They're all good. Just get using them. Um, However, I do believe that when you start speaking to God and you start with these six things, that you humble yourself before the Lord. You get on your knees or you get on your face before God. I'll get on my knees, but I find that when I'm alone with God in my prayer closet, that I, uh, I get on my face. I find that time goes very quickly in the prayer closet. That's what I find. I look forward to my time. I spend time with the Lord in the morning and in the evening as well. So like bookends, I start and I finish 
my day with the Lord. And when I finish my day with the Lord, I get the opportunity to talk to him about how my day went. Things like that. All this helps build relationship. Don't be afraid of investing some time into your prayer closet. You have to, you must, if you're going to build a relationship and communicate with God. All right, here's what I want to give you now. Number one, worship Him. Worship Him. The word worship means value or worth. And so you express to God how much He is worth to you. Now, the more into a relationship you get with God, the more worth you're going to see in God. I take the example again of the young man and the young lady. They meet for the first time. Well, how much worth do they have for each other? Well, they might have some interest, possibly a tiny bit of worth, but it's only over time as they get to know each other that they start to see the value and the, 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 the benefit and the worth. My wife and I, um, in a couple of months, we'll, we'll be celebrating our 41st wedding anniversary. And we have also four years of dating behind that. So we've been a hot item for about 45 years. And I can't imagine living my life without her. I just can't imagine it. She's such a part of my life. In, in my eyes, in my mind, in my heart and soul and spirit, she has such tremendous worth to me. What's your wife worth to you, Pastor? I'd give my life for her. I'd give my health, my wealth, anything I have. You know, the worth that she has, that she is to me. And this is what you want in your relationship with the Lord. And you want to cultivate that. And if you haven't been cultivating this for any length of time, you're still a bit of a newbie at it, then it's going to take you a little while. It's going to take you some time developing the relationship, but it will come. And more and more, you'll start to really feel and believe the value of God in your life. Um, Now, God expresses His valuation to us. You say, how does He do that? And when has He done that? When He died for us on the cross. That's how much He values us. He died for us. So let me give you just a a little example of what I'm talking about. So you you get on your face before God and, and you tell Him, Heavenly Father, You are the most important person in my life. Without You, I don't exist. You are are so important to me. Heavenly Father, my life revolves around You. This is the idea of worship, where we express how much He is worth to us. All right, point number two. And again, you don't necessarily have to do them in this order. You could change up the order every time you get together with God. doesn't matter. But number two, praise Him. Number one is worship Him. Number two is praise Him. The word praise means to make a show over someone or to make kind of like a, a boast 
Well, what are we boasting about? We're boasting about His greatness. What a great God we have. And this is the idea behind praise. We're, we're boasting, we're making this big show, this fanfare, if you will, over His greatness and the great things that God has done. I mean, how many other people or other persons do you know of that are able to create a world out of nothing? He's the only one. You start thinking about the great things He's done. You may have to write them out until they become habit for you. But there's a lot of things to praise the Lord over. You know, the word praise, we could... Now, I want to use this word carefully, guardedly here, but we could almost use the word party. Now, not in a worldly kind of a party sense, anything like that, but what we're doing is we're expressing great joy over the Lord. When it's someone's birthday and we have a birthday party for them, you know, maybe they're having their 40th birthday. 40 is so old, isn't it? Ooh, scary number, 40. Ooh. Not so scary. But if someone's having a, a big birthday and we, we do this birthday party for them, surprise, it's your birthday, and maybe we'll, we'll have their life up on a video or something. This is your life, and we're so thankful for you and the impact you've made on us, and we want to party and celebrate you know, your wonderful life. And when you praise God, you are celebrating His greatness. And again, I'd like to give you a little example. So in prayer, you might say, Hallelujah, Lord. Now, the word hallelujah is Hebrew and it means praise Jehovah. That's what it means. So it's a good word to use when you're praising the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, I praise you for your love and your kindness and your wisdom and your greatness and your goodness. And what you're doing is you're showing him great praise. Okay, we have to move along. Number three. And this one might be odd, but sing to him. Sing to him. You might think that's a bit odd, but it's not. Sing to him. Now this means just what it says. Sing a nice uh, hymn to him. You've, you've, you've gotten into your prayer closet. There's no one else around. Now maybe if you have some trouble, uh, there's so many people in your home that you, there is no private space for you and you're very shy, nervous about you know someone hearing you sing to the Lord. There's got to be some place. If you get in your car and roll up the windows and go for a drive or something and, and sing to the Lord. And that's uh, maybe a shyness that we need to overcome. We need to get over that. It's important that we sing to Him because He really, really wants to hear our voice. It's biblical for us to sing to Him. Psalm 66, verse... And let's turn it. Let's go, let's go there, shall we? Go to Psalm. Go to Psalm. I quote verses to you a lot, but sometimes we need to just take a look at them. Psalm 66 and verse number 4. Ah, listen, tell you what. Let's look at verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Uh, that's the idea of terror. 
It's so phenomenal, like it's scary, it's so great. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. Now verse 4. All the earth shall worship thee and shall, what's that next word? Sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Selah. That word Selah has that idea of stop and meditate and think about that one. Let that one sink in. So it's very biblical that we we uh, sing to the Lord. And so you do that in your prayer closet and uh, pick, pick a hymn or pick a little chorus. Now on Sunday mornings, I've been asking Pastor Silver to lead us in choruses. And we've done this for a number of months now. And he's been leading us in three, usually three choruses. Um, and these are choruses you can take right into your prayer closet and you can sing them to the Lord. And what I do sometimes is I, I have a little musical instrument. I got one here with me tonight. And I might sing, Father, I adore you. I lay my life before you. How I love you. You don't need a musical instrument in your prayer closet. Your voice will do just fine. God's not looking for skill and talent. He's looking for heart. And maybe you've seen some movie of some guy who loved a girl, so he stood beneath her window with a guitar and sang to her. And that's real romantic, isn't it? But God loves to hear us sing. And so building relationship, you will find that singing does something that nothing else can do when you sing, even quietly. Sing something to the Lord, something from your heart to Him. So, um, let's move on. Number four. Number four is to thank Him. Thank Him. And thank Him for the blessings He has given you. Oh yeah, well what blessings has God given me? Well, if you just think about it, you'll start coming up with a lot of blessings. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel prayed to God and said, I thank thee. And he said, I and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hast given me wisdom and might. God has done so much for you. And you can pray to him, Father, I thank you for creating me. I thank you for sustaining life in my body. I thank you for giving me a sound mind. I thank you for saving me so that I don't have to go to hell. I thank you for giving me the Bible. I thank you for my family, for my job, for my health. On and on the list can go. A very unthankful person is not going to get very far with God. And so it's very important that we thank Him. Okay, number five. Love Him and show affection. Love Him and show affection. Now again, don't lose sight of the, the forest for the trees here. What I'm trying to share with you tonight is cultivating that relationship with the Heavenly Father in your prayer closet. Now, it's very critical 
that we tell God that we love Him. It's important that we voice those words. Some people find it the hardest thing in the world to say, I love you. Some people find it easy. Whether it's easy or whether it's hard, it needs to be done in the prayer closet. You need to tell your Heavenly Father that you love Him. Very critical. Um, Did you know that God tells us that He loves us? Did you know that? Of course, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, right? But listen to this. Jeremiah 31.3, God says, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. That's God telling us He loves us. Now, this is this, what I'm going to tell you is sad, but over in Revelation chapter 2, the Lord Jesus talking to one of the churches, and it was a good church too, full of good Christians, but they got derailed a little. Now, maybe you know where this is going. And Jesus said to this church, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast, what? Left thy first love. The first love is Jesus. When you got saved, you were so in love with Jesus. You were so excited to be saved. Well, what's happened since then? What happened to that love? So it's very critical, very important that we tell him, Father, I love you so much. Jesus, I love you. I adore you. You are so precious to me. It's very important that we mouth these words and tell the Father that you care about the things that he cares about. That's all part of love. And finally, number six. And I'd like you to turn to the book of 1 John, uh, right near the end of the Bible there. 1 John Chapter number 5, 1 John chapter number 5. Folks at home, turn to 1 John chapter number 5. And this last one here, I want to share with you. Obey Him. Obey God. What does this do? This helps to keep our relationship in proper perspective. Who's the creator? Us or God? Who is it? Tell me. God. He's the creator. Who's the creation? God or us? Who? Us. He's the creator. We're the creation. Okay? He's the maker. We're what got made. And it's very important we realize the perspective here. He is Almighty God to be obeyed. Now here in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 3, read this out loud with me. Folks at home, read out loud. Here we go together. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. The idea is obey God. It's not a grievous thing to obey Him. It's not that hard. But it's important. And so, in prayer, you're going to tell God, Father, I want to obey You. I don't always, and I slip up and I mess up. Forgive me, Father, but I want to obey You today. I I want to. Show me Your will. Help me to obey You today. So, after we've spent some time hearing from the Lord, from the Scriptures, then we spend some time talking to Him. 
he expresses to us, we express to him. This is how wonderful relationships are built. You show me a relationship where the two people stop expressing to each other and I'll show you a broken down relationship. One maybe that's headed for divorce courts. There needs to be relationship uh, and that's achieved by expression. You have to communicate. Both parties need to communicate. God is a communicator and he's a loving father. And so now we need to do our part and to develop our communication to him. Do you see why this can't be done in two minutes in the morning before you race out the door to catch the bus? You have to invest time into it. Now, in my case, I like to invest an hour in the morning. Uh, after I get up, I like to spend an hour with the Lord. And for me, that's what I do. I plan on it. I get to bed early so I can get up early and I make the time. But I'm telling you, it has revolutionized my Christian walk and my relationship with God. It has brought me in so much closer with God. I spend time in the evening as well. Try these suggestions. Try them tonight or try them tomorrow morning before you start your day. It won't take long. And you'll be saying, why didn't I do this sooner? So, learning how to pray. Part number two, develop the relationship. Now, let's pray. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.